welcome to Season 2, Episode 13 of the Write Write Podcast, your weekly pep talk for living the writing life. I am Elon. I'm John. And I'm Craig. And today we're going to be talking about how to self-publish a book. This is a subject about which I know almost nothing, having never done it. Uh, but fortunately, I'm here with John and Craig, who have done it multiple times, and to my knowledge, on several platforms. So um, the way this one's going to work is I'm going to be asking them questions, and they're going to be answering them, and hopefully I will leave this episode as knowledgeable as you, dear listener, about how to self-publish a book. Um, so getting started, self-publishing is super complex. There are various platforms, different stores, different formats, uh, all these different things to consider before you even start the process of self-publishing. Um, so I guess the first basic question that I have is everybody knows about the Kindle store as a self-publishing platform. Uh, and to some extent, iBooks, which is Apple's and Google Play, which is obviously Google's. Um, but there are some other platforms for self-publishing eBooks as well, correct? Uh, yeah, uh, the biggest one, it, well, there's two that are sort of in the same category. There's Smashwords and Draft2Digital. Uh, and both of those, when you upload a book to them, it distributes to third-party retailers such as uh, iBooks, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, a bunch of little tiny ones. I feel like I'm missing one major one. Uh, and Smashwords also has a store on its own site, uh, Draft to digital does not. Uh, Google Play is a place where some people have success. Uh, I have not sold many books there. Uh, I think it's currently closed to new registration, but they're going to be opening up soon. Um, for romance, there used to be all romance ebooks, which was a major site, but they went out of business recently. Uh, and there's lots of little niche sites, uh, particularly if you're in the erotica or romance uh, genres. Such as Bookstrand? Uh, Bookstrand, you can't get on as a self-publisher. You have to be an actual publishing oh, company. Okay. But there's Sea to Sky Books, which just opened up. Um, and that is for self-published romance and erotica authors. Um, and there's Excitica, which is for rom erotic romance and erotica. And there's a few other really small niche ones as well. So that, that kind of already sparks a pretty huge question, which is... Um, you're not restricted to publish, uh, to, sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. You're not restricted to self-publishing exclusively on the platforms that sell certain formats, right? Like you could, you could ostensibly create an ebook file and sell it on any website that people can then download and put on their e-reading devices, correct? Yes, the only catch to that is if you're self-publishing on Amazon's KDP platform, if you go with their Kindle Select program, you're tied to exclusivity with them. Um, but when you are publishing broadly or widely, uh, depending on where you go, you either upload a Word document or you upload EPUB, Mobi, which is Kindle file and PDF. And you're not, if you try their um, KDP Select program, I think it's a six month period three month period three month. renews every three months so if you're not sure and you just want to try it out you could you're not locked in there for like a huge period of time so if it's not working well you could pull it out and publish it elsewhere does kdp does doing the select program offer you benefits like do you get special placement or features? Uh, yeah supposedly you get better placement um i don't really buy a lot of books from amazon and so i don't really know for sure 
Um, but you are supposed to get better placement and it also allows you to easily set a sale price for up to five days every uh, 90 day period and you can set your book for free for up to five days every 90 day period. If you're not in KDP Select, you can alter the price, but it's not an easy process. Mm. I mean, it's it's obviously in Amazon's best interest to uh, encourage exclusive deals with self-pub authors by offering them features that otherwise aren't available. Uh, on the reader side, uh, Kindle Select on the author side, on the reader side is Kindle Unlimited. So those are the books that you get to borrow for free if you subscribe to Kindle Unlimited. Mm -hmm. So if you want to get on that platform, that part of the platform, you have to be exclusive to Amazon. Uh, but they pay about half a cent per page read. So it's, mm -hmm. it used to be a giant moneymaker because it was like a buck 40 anytime someone read your book. So that's and, why there's a huge boom of short stories. Uh, uh, then they switched to paying per page and it's about half a cent per page. So now every all these short story authors are writing full-length novels. Yeah, because you would uh, it would count as a read if they read up to 10% of your book. So uh -huh. if you had a really short 5,000-word erotica story and they flipped a couple pages, you got your dollar forty. Wow. So it was a booming market for and a while. Amazon was like, wait a minute, we're paying out a whole mess of authors. We don't right. want to do that. And then there are people that always game the system. So that was the rise of Scamflits, which is basically a pamphlet-sized document with information that was just grabbed from the internet. So how to change the pipes in your kitchen sink. It was just grabbed from the internet. Someone self-published it. Someone <laughs> downloads it on Kindle Unlimited. It's like a page long. So just oh open God. it triggers a sale. Yeah. And now, um, and I think Amazon <laughs> is cracking down on this, because it's per page read, what they'll do is they'll get like 100,000 words randomly off the internet put it in a KDP book, like an Amazon ebook, as like this giant massive document. And on the front page, there's like something you're supposed to click, which takes you to the last page. So Amazon thinks that you've read the whole book, like all 10,000 pages or something wow. like that. People make up to 60,000 bucks a month on cheating the system, but Amazon Jeez. is cracking down on those people. What? So <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I wish that I were smarter and more nefarious because that's amazing. Yeah, but if they catch you, then they don't pay what they owe you. Here's us so, writers trying to make an honest living. I know, like, <laughs> who needs honesty when you can, when you can just have a hundred thousand random words, uh, making you money. Uh, wow, that that was a really interesting tangent. Um, <laughs> I can't believe that, like. <laughs> Amazon is in this really weird position where they, because of the incredible install base they have, I mean, they have like 65 million people in the U.S. have their app installed on their phones. That's more people than are like customers for most brands. Mm -hmm. And extending that to their Kindle platforms and all this stuff, like they have such an incredible ability to reach people that when they experiment, it has... Like they, it's it's like mind-boggling how huge their impact on things is. Mm -hmm. Like fully changing industries, fully changing the world. When they're like, "Huh, I wonder what would happen if like we paid per page." Mm -hmm. Interesting. And people are like, ah! 
strategy. Um, but anyway, <laughs> back, back to back to self-publishing books. Um, and we can get back to ebooks shortly. I was wondering what the paper options are for self-pub. I know that there are different uh, like print-on-demand services and things like that. Is that something that either of you have played with? Yeah, I've done it a few times. Uh, I use CreateSpace, which is an Amazon company. Uh, the other option is Ingram Spark. Mm -hmm. um, they both have their benefits and drawbacks. Uh, Ingram Spark potentially, and I really emphasize potentially, could get you in a physical bookstore because Ingram is the one of the major distributors for physical bookstores. But don't get caught up in that because what happens is you're listed in a catalog that bookstores look at and they're unlikely to buy your book for their shelves. So try not to get caught up in that. I think Ingram Spark also charges, I want to say 25 bucks to self-publish with them. Uh, CreateSpace, there is no charge um, to self-publish with them. And if you meet their requirements for expanded distribution, which is not very hard to do, uh, you show up on the CreateSpace store, all of the Amazon stores, and on Barnes & Noble. Uh, you won't get in... Uh, you technically you could get in a print in a physical bookstore because they also list you in these certain catalogs, but it won't happen. But you do show up on Barnes and Noble as well. Hmm. What are the? And, sorry. sorry, I just want. Uh, I've done. It's a print on demand, so you're not paying for like a thousand copies or ten thousand copies, and the quality is actually very good. I've been very pleased with. The yeah, quality. I've seen a couple of print on demand books from Amazon that. Uh, from CreateSpace that were Kindle successes. One of the interesting things I found was that all of the typos, all the formatting issues, all of everything that was bad about this sort of uh, poorly put together Kindle book was intact in the paper book. So weird formatting errors, a ton of grammatical errors, spelling errors, um, inconsistencies in chapter headings, like all that stuff was just right in there in this printed book. Uh, because certainly uh, a company of Amazon's size and scale doesn't have time to make sure that each book they print uh, through their on-demand service is of um, at least middling quality. Um, I mean, that risk isn't actually something that's inherent to self-publishing or print-on-demand services. That's just something that you need to fix about your manuscript and your book file. Um, yeah. But when you do create space, uh, are you submitting the same file that you submit for the ebook? Uh, it depends how you do it. That's not how I do it. Um, because I want my physical books to look exactly like something a big publisher would put out. So, for instance, that means page one starts, like the page numbering starts on the first page of the story, mm. not the first page of the book. And then um, the first page of a chapter does not have any headers or footers. Um, which is very difficult to do in a Word document. So I create about uh, one PDF document per, per chapter, so I break it into individual PDF documents. So it takes me a couple hours to format a print book because I'm manipulating so many things to get it exactly how I want. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to do that. I was with a small publisher a couple years ago that did print books through Lulu, um, and they didn't take that time or effort to do that. Uh, so page one started on page one of the book, and you had headers and footers on the first page of chapters. It didn't look as professional, but it didn't really detract from my experience as a reader. Hmm. Yeah, and we we recently put out a print book um, that 
had graphics in it. So this thing had like roses as one of the themes. So we actually had a rose graphic to for the um, scene for the breaks. Scene breaks and chapter headers. And at the start of the chapter headers, there's like, you know, in the Wheel of Time books or various novels you like, there's some kind of interior design. So although it's not on par with what an interior design company would do, it it you can you can get into some effects that show this effort that is beyond just here's some text for you to read. And that can make a difference if you're putting on a print book. Certainly. So uh, this question, hopefully it won't evaporate before I, I manage to ask it. Um, do you know how it's printed? Is it just like, is it laser? Is it just like a normal printer? Because I are all don't... soft covers. Yes. Yes. And it would be like a trade paperback as opposed to... The, you know the mass market yeah. paperback run that you'll get yeah um, it's trade paperback it's nicer paper than you get in a mass market yeah Do should we paper? should we talk about what these are just because there might be i'm just thinking uh, not everybody listening to this might know these terms yeah go for it um but uh so trade paperback is is a little larger and it's a little more expensive if you go to the bookstore so it's it's cause, it's the one that's physically the size of a hardcover right but it has a soft cover so, but it's soft cover and it often is closer to the 20 dollar range for one of these books whereas the mass market paperback is your is your small book that and it's usually in, got like kind of newsprinty stuff on the inside that's yeah. right very cheap to, i mean it costs them like it just you know two three dollars per copy and then that way they make higher profit but in order the the trade the trade-off there is they have to go in units of like ten thousand or more i mean i don't know what the exact number is but it's large quantities that are printed at once and that's how they get that deal do you know Actually, how those how those numbers sorry. get determined for oh. sorry for traditional publishers you said something that's incorrect Actually, trade paperback is where they make the most money. Isn't it hardcover? Trade paperback. Hmm. Hardcover is where the authors make the most money. I think so. Actually, it might be bookstores that makes the most money on trade paperback. Maybe I'm getting mixed up. I used to work in a bookstore. That's where this is coming from. So I'm sorry I interrupted your oh, question. Oh, I got no problem. I, my understanding is that authors make the best returns, like their best royalties on hardcovers, um, but that publishers make the most money on the mass market paperbacks. Mm -hmm. because of the low cost of production that would make sense okay. because the authors make generally like traditionally speaking authors make a percentage of the cover price so you know the the mass market paperback is usually under 10 mm -hmm. and and so you're making a percentage of that and then it's more profit for the publisher and it's not a huge range whereas you know if you're selling a 30 some dollar hardcover there's a lot more of a margin for profit per unit so mm -hmm. um but i mean that's that's traditionally if you are self-publishing uh the print on demand that you get through say create space or ingram spark is uh that's that's your only option you if you want to do mass market you're going to have to connect with a printing company and that's big bucks you can do i think mass market sizes through create space but it's the same process yeah. as a trade paperback so you're not actually making more money mm. if you know what i mean like it's mm -hmm. not an actual mass market even if it's mass market and i think size. you can do a hardcover through amazon right? i don't think you can do it through create space create space you might be able to do it through ingram spark okay. i'm not sure i've mm. seen the hardcover option on amazon for some books that i'm pretty sure are self-published although mm. we have both we've never explored that option so i'm not sure how that 
how that works. That's yeah, that's really interesting. Um, but just out of curiosity, kind of a the tan a different tangent. Do you have a preference in like as a reader? Um, do you do you prefer hardback, trade paperback, or mass market? Uh, as a reader, I like the portability of a mass market, but I also like with a hardcover, if I put it on a table, I can just lay it down without having to hold it. So I prefer both, I guess. I like mass market, and that's more just portability. Uh, although trade paperback would be my second choice. Mm -hmm. I only will ever read a hardcover if it's a book that, like, say, let's say Winds of Winter finally comes out and it's, it's <laughs> hardcover. I'm not waiting a year for the for the paperback for that. Yeah, totally. Uh, but comparing those to digital like any paper book to digital do you have a preference there paper digital uh depends what i'm reading if mm -hmm. i'm reading oh i hate to say this in a public thing if i'm reading <laughs> star trek has to be paper because i like to experience my star trek mm -hmm. um i do kind of, what i really enjoy about paperback books that i don't get with ebooks is that if it's late at night and I'm reading and I want to know, can I read this next chapter before I'm too tired to read? I can flip ahead to look at how long it is. I can't do that with an ebook. There's actually uh, Amazon created a feature. They're trying to emulate that called page flip, but it, it's, there's nothing quite like being able to stick your thumb on the side of a book, flip pages until you see the change you're looking for. Um, and there, I don't think that, I think the reason why paper books are still so popular and ebooks have actually started to decline in sales uh, in comparison is because people like the tangibility people like, mm -hmm. you know, you don't ever have to charge a book mm -hmm. that has that, got infinite battery life and it's compatible with all of the shelves you have at home. Mm -hmm. Uh, so yeah, it, that's, it's just a, a matter yeah. of curiosity for me. Uh, my Kobo, uh, like I use a Kobo, it has a feature that tells you how long it thinks it'll take you to read a chapter mm -hmm. based on your reading speed, but I don't even know how to navigate to it. And even if I did, it's like a few clicks away, whereas with a paperback book, just flip it through, flip a few pages and you're there. There's also something nice about seeing your progress in terms of uh, the width of what's left and then the width of what you've read. And there's mm -hmm. this feeling of sort of accomplishment that comes with the journey of reading. Like, I, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but when I'm reading a book, um, I love when there, there's a feeling you get when you sort of like put the book between your fingers and you're holding it a certain way with one hand. And the thickness of the side that you've read is very comfortable. Like at first, when you're just starting the book, you can't hold it from that side. But then you've read enough of the book that you can hold it comfortably from all of the stuff you've already read. And to me, there's like this very sweet sense of growth from that. I don't know. It might be a little poetic, but I just, I love it. I love reading paper books. Oh, I agree. Every time I pick up a book I'm reading, I uh, tilt it so I can look at the, from the top just to see which side is thicker. Totally. Uh, one thing I throw in there, I have, I don't really have a preference for uh, ebook or print except um, fantasy. I will not read a fantasy book in uh, e-reader. Uh, I, I love that I can flip to the maps or the appendices or the glossary. Like, I, I there's something about, especially with fantasy, I feel like I'm entering a world, and something about those physical pages when I'm holding the book brings that to life. That I mean, I've tried reading some fantasy books in my Kobo, and and it's not the same. Yeah. 
There's also been some studies that show that uh, retention changes based on whether you're reading digitally or on paper, um, and that retention is actually improved with paper reading. Um, I wonder, I mean, I don't know anything about neuroscience, so even pretending to ask a question about it seems kind of foolish, but I wonder if it has to do with a tactile experience, because when you're reading an ebook, there's just a sort of refresh that occurs in front of your eyes, but you're always looking at the exact same thing. But the physical motion of turning pages, your eye moves differently over a spread than it does over a single page that's digital. I wonder if that kind of has any impact on your ability to either recall or internalize the information. Um, there's something about, I don't know, the paper books are the best. Um, we, we, we've totally, uh, d d I have made the mistake of completely and totally diverting us from kind of the core topic that we, that we started with. And we were actually like right at 21 minutes. Um, so I want to ask a, a, a final question that we'll probably need to, uh, extend to another episode where we talk about self-publishing about, uh, sort of the practical creation of these things. Like, what do you, how do you create an ebook file? How do you like you, you mentioned that you make PDFs. Uh, do you use special software to do that? Um, do you, you use Scrivener and export PDFs? Do you use Word and then export PDFs? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I'll try to answer it quick because we're running out of time. Uh, so I write in Word generally. And for the PDF, I try to format it to the size of an e-reader. So I go to about a half page. Um, and then space it out a little bit better because a lot of people will be reading it on an e-reader rather than a computer screen. Mm -hmm. And so then I export as PDF. For the Mobi and EPUB, I then just copy and paste everything into Scrivener. And Scrivener has an export option for Mobi and uh, EPUB. Nice. That was pretty quick. Mm -hmm. um, so before we wrap up, we have, I don't think we have a prompt here. I don't think there really is one unless you guys think there's a prompt I'll publish your book right now. <laughs> do it. <laughs> do Ready. it. Go. Uh, but we do have recommended reading, and I will let you guys introduce your book. Sure. Uh, so we are recommending the book that we've written. It's called How to Self-Publish Your Book. Uh, it covers a lot of the nuts and bolts of how to actually self-publish, including how to format, um, a lot of the nitpicky how to format things. Uh, we also try to go into frank and honest discussion on the benefits and drawbacks of various platforms and various processes. Uh, we try to explain how you can do things on your own and when to call in an expert and what an expert might be able to give you that you can't do yourself or when you can save money and just do it yourself. So how to how to self-publish your book by Craig Gibb with John Robin. Great. That's right. And I think that's a natural um, segue to your question where we could didn't have time to answer it all if you want more info it will be in that book so <laughs> that's your prompt buy the book <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> it's it's okay this is this is our podcast we can say that we can mm -hmm. say go 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 buy john and craig's book craig and john's <laughs> book i suppose is how the how the authors are situated on the title itself he's, he's author he's just got kind of me there to give the editorial side because we do go into editorial a little bit that's pretty helpful stuff because um, man this i'll go back to it just once but this this kdp or this uh create space book i read was just like a an editorial disaster like it i wept at seeing it it was just <laughs> such a mess um anyway but that aside uh i guess we're we're moving on to our uh 
ending of the episode. I don't know why I'm talking about it like this. Uh, but thank you for, for joining us. Thank you, podcasters, as always, for spending time with me. And uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>